unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy fluffy bullshit what's going on ladies and gentlemen whether you're watching us live or on the replay we appreciate you being here our misfits for life of the kick-ass nation appreciate you guys i know you guys some of you watch it live some of you guys watch it on replay and there's a large majority of you now that are listening to it on podcast so thank you thank you thank you if you love watching the video cast you can always take us along with you on podcasts wherever podcasts are sold just go in there and type in Ron Unscripted. You could type my name. Or here's another thing I just found out. Check this out, guys. Go to Google and type hashtag no excuses coach. And guess who comes up? Guess who owns that space? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am the no excuses coach. You can find me all over the place that way. So we appreciate you being here. And as always, as always, ask us questions, engage with us, you know, whatever it is. This is a conversation between me and my guests sitting in a bar, sitting in a coffee shop. We're having a great jamming session. You guys are kind of listening, overhearing and saying, hey, man, can I ask you a question about this? So we appreciate you guys being here. We've already got some people in the house. We got Ray in the house. What's up, brother? Ray says Misfits for Life. I appreciate you. My brother from another mother, Mr. Ed Vander Lee. The 80s show, man, we got to do the 80s show again. That was a blast. Probably one of the most fun times I've had behind the microphone is spending time with Ed Vanderlee and talk about 80s music and 80s trivia and television shows. So thank you, man, for being here. We got to get you here on the Ron Unscripted show too as well. So thank you guys for joining us. And as always, I just want to do my little podcast commercial. You guys, I don't know. I don't normally do podcasts, but hey, listen, help heal humanity, help heal humanity. Um, dot org. If you guys are listening to the podcast, helphealhumanity.org. I've been on the board of directors now for a couple of years. It's an amazing, amazing organization. The founder, Serena Buffalino, she is a nonstop kick-ass lady who is out there making an impact. And none of us take a salary. It's all about taking the donations and putting it to great use. And right now we have a $100,000 campaign where we're raising money to send our kids in Haiti to school. Now you might be saying, hey, Chris, you know, there's stuff going on here in the United States. Why are you guys doing stuff over in Haiti? Here's my thought, and I just want to be direct with you guys. Here in the United States, we have all sorts of resources. We have the internet, we have Google, we have YouTube, we have our uh, abilities to go out there. There's nothing you can't accomplish here in the United States, but the kids in Haiti, man, they have shit. I mean, literally they are going through, obviously we know the government and the situation and everything, and the place that we built the school at is in one of the most hardest, toughest areas. Literally, we have guys that are going out there to make sure the kids get fed every day, and they go to school and they just got report cards going on. So whatever you can do to support this uh, initiative of mine, please, if I bring you value in this raw and scripted show, if I bring you value in the un unfiltered experience, whatever it is, if I have moved, moved your life forward, please do what you can. And if you're interested in volunteering or being on the board of directors, there are a couple of positions open. So go just over to helphealhumanity.org, go over to the volunteer tab, check it out. And I would love to have you with us. I would love have to with have you with us. We've got Scott Goyen in the house, my co-host for the Friday night show, The Unfiltered Experience. Thank you for being here, Mr. Scott. I appreciate you. And we got, uh, we got Ed saying, what a great cause. It really is. It's it's phenomenal. We're actually got a lot of stuff going on. We're looking for corporate sponsorships. Um, it really is truly amazing. And Scott says here, do it. Yes, yes, yes. So we got a great conversation ready for you tonight. And speaking of conversations, my guest is an expert in communication. She is the author of a best-selling book. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about all things, how we can become a great communicator. So please take notes. And if you have any questions in your life, in your surroundings and things that you've been struggling with, we would love to have those questions. So without any further ado, please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Miss Renee Marino. What's up, Miss Kickass Renee? How are you doing this evening? Hey, hey, I love that introduction. Hell Not yeah. mine. I mean, mine was great too, but yours, like your intro video and all. I was like, ooh, yeah. We'll pump it up up here, baby. I was like, it's ooh, all rock ooh. and roll. <laughs> I know you're on the East Coast and you're like, hey, man, normally I'm in bed right now, but so my whole thing is to transfer my energy off into you. And I know I you're a kick ass it. person. I you love have it. Lots I of feel energy. it. And tomorrow, uh, Christopher, I'm starting uh, Life Mastery, Tony Robbins Life Mastery, I'm doing for five days. So, oh yeah. So I'm going to be getting ready for that. So this is a great way to kick it off. Hell yeah. I've been compared to Tony Robbins every once in a while. And I take it as a great compliment. Yes. I noticed sure. my voice is starting to get gravelly like his too. I'm like, is that something that happens when you just talk 24 hours a day? 
Yes, you got to take care of your voice, though, my friend. You need to rest it, drink tea, do some vocal warm-ups before. Little la, 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 la. <laughs> Well, you're a singer. I mean, didn't you? You you sang. You I, mean, yeah. I can't remember the exact story, but you sang for no Greece, wasn't it? You tried out no. for was it? No, no, not Greece. Jersey Boys. Boys. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. I know somebody yeah. who did Greece. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, the story is pretty pretty incredible. I was doing the show on Broadway in 2013 and one Sunday matinee, one of my coworkers is like, um, Clint Eastwood's in the audience. And I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. So I go out and we sing uh, my boyfriend's back and 10 rows staring right at me is Clint Eastwood, the legend himself. And I was like, no Oh, way. Clint Eastwood's really here. Yeah. So apparently he, he had been going around to all the different casts to watch the show because he was going to be directing the film version of Jersey boys. And truth be told, Chris, I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, they're going to hire some A-list celebrity. Marissa Tomei is going to play my role. I was playing Frankie Valley's wife and um, that's it. Went about my eight shows a week. And then they started calling people in from our cast to audition and they were looking for a Mary. So at that point I was like, all right, well, I never did TV or film before. I'd only done Broadway. And I was like, well, I'd love to be a part of the film. I don't care if I'm like a face in the crowd scene. This would be a great opportunity. So my agent and I, we try and try to get me an appointment. For some reason, they won't see me for the role of Mary, but they give me an audition for one of the smaller roles, one of the angels who sings my boyfriend's back. And Chris, at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, every other girl I know got an audition for the role I play, I, I, I'm her type, you know, the description, sassy totally. Jersey girls, Jersey girl. And I'm thinking like, what's the problem? And I'll never forget hanging up the phone with my agent. And I like sat down on my couch and I always say as a communication coach, step one in being a master communicator is having that communication with yourself. Yeah. And I sat on that couch, Chris, and I felt my feelings. I cried. I was like, talking out loud. And I was like, all right, God, you're either trying to tell me I am not meant for this business or I don't know what else to say. So about a half hour goes by. And then I was like, you know what? I'm still going to go in. I'm going to audition for one of the angels. So I go in that day, the casting director and I are having a great conversation. And then he says, Renee, would you like to sing the song first or read the scene? And at that moment, I'm not kidding. I heard this little quiet voice within say, you have to do this. It feels too right. And before I even knew it, it was like the words came out before I was even consciously aware. I said, you know, Jeff, I was really hoping to come in and read for the role of Mary Delgado. And he looks at me and he goes, I was just thinking the same thing. And I'm like, oh, amazing. Great. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I do the audition that day, leave there feeling so happy, not because it was ever about oh, I think I'm going to book this role. But it was the fact that because I communicated that day and I had the confidence to speak up, I created an opportunity for myself, right? Mm -hmm. So go back to my eight shows a week. Two weeks later, I get a call from my agent and she's like, you're Mary Delgado in the movie. Cleese would love you. And I was like, <laughs> almost peed my pants. I run out. I happen to be, this is the crazy part. I happened to be at my childhood home in New Jersey, no down way. the street, basically, from where the whole storyline of Jersey Boys takes place. And we're about to leave for my older brother's wedding. And it's my mom, my dad, and my grandmother. And I start screaming. I run out of my little childhood bedroom. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm going to be in a movie. Like, hysterical. Cut to first day on set. And I'm sure everybody watching, listening can understand that feeling of like doing something so brand new, stepping so far outside of your comfort zone that you feel like you're jumping off of a cliff. That's what I felt. And because I'd never been on a film set before, like this was brand new. And just picture this, like I'm starting at the top, you know, right. I'm like, Oh, no movie ever. Here's the Warner brothers lot. Oh, you're working with Clint Eastwood. So I was like, Renee, no stress, no stress, no, right? No, no stress. No, no, but again, good. Chris, it was crazy. I, I heard that little voice again, be like, Renee, you know what you're doing. Clint Eastwood hired you trust in your talent and leap. And I walked through the doors that first day. Everyone's like, Renee, welcome. Clint comes up to me and he's like, you know, 
I went around to all the different casts, but nobody was in your class. And then you came in and put yourself on tape and it was the icing on the cake. And I was like, oh, goosebumps. I got goosebumps right like, now. Chris, I was holding back the tears. I didn't even film the first scene. So I was like, Renee, don't ruin your makeup. Like you need to keep it together. That day and every day that followed, I would sit with Clint. We would eat lunch together. No way. Every day, Chris, and I would pick his brain like a sponge. I'd be like, Clint, what was it like when you started acting? Clint, what does this camera shot mean? Clint, what do you think? I, I think I want to start with a new agent. Do you have any good suggestions? I mean, for me, it was like, when am I going to get this opportunity again? I'm in yeah. the presence of greatness. I'm going to soak this up like a sponge. And so much, again of being what I call a master communicator is in the listening. Yeah. Being what I like to say a complete listener where it's not just listening until you're finished talking and I can start, but listening to, to truly hear what the other person is saying. And I did that with him. I mean, I could pull out my journals right now and just read you the pages. Like I would come home every night, write about everything Clint taught me. And then a month into the movie, I'm eating once again. Eating's what I love to do most. Okay. I'm Italian. That's what yeah, we do. Italian. Yep. That's what we do. So I'm sitting, um, eating, and it's Clint, myself, and the producer of the film. And they start talking about how Clint knew he wanted me for this role when he saw me perform on Broadway. And I put down my fork, which takes a lot to do. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go, do you guys want to hear a funny story? I actually didn't have an audition for the role of Mary. They wouldn't give me one. The only reason I got to read is because I opened up my big mouth in the room and asked. Yeah. And Chris, they look at each other and they're both like, hold the phone. What do you, what do you mean? We requested you. We said, we want the girl from the Broadway show to come in and audition for Mary. Whoa. Somebody was sabotaging you. I came to find that that day that there was a middle person casting associate who had just been juggling a few films at once and dropped the ball on calling me into audition. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? And I love this story. I love sharing this story so much because it's such a representation of the power of communication. Like Amen. think about it. Clint at the time was about 87. Damn. Totally with it. I mean, he's amazing at the gym every day. Like, perfect like totally with it amazing Does he carry 45 around with him i just want to know <laughs> listen if he is i don't Go know ahead and screw that part up yeah, yeah yeah exactly um but like if i didn't speak up that day i truly could have missed my once in a lifetime opportunity and the funny part is i would have been going about my life never knowing clint eastwood was waiting for me to walk through that door. And I'd probably be sitting in the movie theater watching Jersey boys instead of being on the screen in Jersey boys. Oh, Renee, I love that story. Talk to us about, you mentioned a couple of things in there. I want to dive off and you talked about listening skills. I know that for me changed my life when I became a much better listener. And what I talk about in my coaching program is talking about hearing versus listening. Like we can have selective hearing disorder. You know, I can sit there and listen to you. You could say 50 words. I could pick up on 10 because I'm not paying attention. I could put those 10 words together, make an assumption and walk out of here and have a miscommunication going on. Talk to us about uh, the importance of listening skills and what perhaps us and the viewers can actually learn from, from your experience in having better listening skills. Cause I think it's so important. Oh, it is so, so, so crucial to how we communicate. I mean, it is one of the most clear issues I see in our world today. I mean, anyone can just turn on the news, turn on the TV, just right, walk about the world and you will see and observe people who are not listening. And a big cause of that, I believe, is the fact that we have so much distraction Chris, I could be sitting here with you and if I have my phone close by and the notification goes off, guess what? You're talking, I've just checked out. Yep. And now my focus has gone down to like, who's that text message from? Oh my gosh. And then I check back in and like you said, maybe I caught about five or 10 words, but I didn't absorb what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And when we start to become aware of this, 
we realize how much of our time is spent task switching and we're all okay with it because this is the world we live in now. But then we wonder why we have tension in personal relationships. We wonder why we're not getting that promotion and why we keep getting passed over for that new position at work. It's because the communication is lacking. Yes. And, and I said to this to you before we started, everything in our lives starts with communication. And when we learn to master this skill, we become limitless, limitless. Mm. So when it comes to listening and actually being able to sit back, take a breath, ground yourself, we, we are all so accustomed to being on the move so quick because of our attention spans, they've waned. We're used to just going back and forth, tabs open on our computer. We're talking to someone, the phone rings, we grab that. Because of that, research shows that our minds have begun to, have begun to speed up because of that. Mm -hmm. So our attention is, our attention spans are decreasing. So to combat that, be consciously aware of taking those deep breaths when another person's speaking. Give mm -hmm. them that open platform to be heard and even practice letting a second go by after that person's done speaking before you jump in with your thoughts and your counteraction and, and with your beliefs about whatever the subject may be. Because when you do, I, I like to say it's a two-way gift. You give the other person the gift of having an open platform to be heard and you yourself gain the gift of potentially learning something new, gaining a new perspective, or most importantly, understanding that we are all so much more alike than we are different. Dude, dude, I was just saying that on a live earlier today. Exactly my point. The divisiveness and everything else that they're trying to perpetuate in the news. Wow. I'm like, we're more the same than we are different. So when I think about listening skills for me, some of the some of the tips that I use, like sometimes because I have ADD on crack, so I can easily lose distraction and get and get caught up in things. But especially, you know, when it's a super important conversation, I find myself like seeing the words, like for me to really focus and pay attention. I see the words coming out of somebody's mouth, or I see the words like appearing in my brain. What type of strategies do you have to help people become better listeners? Yeah, that is great. That's such a great question. It's practice. Everything's a practice. We are habitual creatures. Everyone, let's face it. We try. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I, like, I don't have to go. I don't have to completely cut out sugar. I could just have a little <laughs> bit. And then what happens? We have a little more and a little more. It's just because we're habitual creatures. So this habit of not being a complete listener, we just, we need practice. So the first step is ground yourself. Like even you and I are like sitting literally. here. Literally picturing your butt like roots of a tree and your feet roots of a tree like grounded in the earth. And that makes you feel a little bit, a little bit more still, right? It makes you feel a little more in power. So you're not kind of floating all over the place. Shoulders back, take those deep breaths. And when I say deep breaths, so again, I've been a singer my whole life. Breathing is 80% of singing. And most of us, we breathe from like the chest up really shallow, right? And it's like, okay. And then we lose breath and we lose focus. We lose focus because movement, another big thing I teach in, in my, with my clients is movement and moving that stagnant energy around has been proven to help your focus be much better, much more efficient, which allows your communication and your listening skills to improve. So taking deep belly breaths. So literally put your hand on your belly. And when you take a breath in, feel as though you're expanding like a tire or a balloon and you'll feel your stomach push against your hand. And then when you exhale, you'll feel your hand go back in with your belly and mm -hmm. start practicing breathing like that. And when you do that, your whole system starts to slow down. So then you can actually hear what's being said. And as the person's talking, I love what you just said. Picture the words. Jim Quick talks about this a lot. When people yep. introduce themselves to you and they say their name, sometimes we're like, oh my God, yeah, hey, Chris. And then a second later, we're like, oh, Chris, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But if you picture, and I've been doing it to my neighbors around where I live, if you picture like writing Chris on the person's forehead, it helps you to visualize it and remember it. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a conversation, 
especially when it's a conversation that may be someone with an opposing view or someone who thinks a little bit differently, right? And you automatically want to like jump to be like, no, no, but no, what? just take that step back, take another deep breath and remind yourself, you know what? I'm going to have my turn to speak, but I want to hear what is being said. And the more you practice that, the more you'll see it gets easier because you start to calm down a little bit. It doesn't become such like a high pressure situation where you're like, I got to get all these words out and I have to tell my side of the story or else it's the world's going to mm-hmm. end. Yep. Right? It's like, no, we're good. Let's have a two-way conversation. And if, if you start to treat it like a bit of fun, like, oh man, this is so exciting. I'm, I'm learning from Chris today. Like, what does he have to say? And then I sit back from that perspective, man, like magic happens. Yes. Yes. Renee, you're dropping bombs here. I have so many questions to, to, to dovetail on that. So thank you for that. Uh, let me catch some of these, uh, some of these comments in here. Um, we got Dorit, we've got Teresa in the, in the house, Teresa Velarde. She was actually on the show last week and I was on her show today. She was talking about your whisper. I love that. She says, I love this story. We got Scott saying, I love it. And he says, uh, he's making fun of uh, Clint Eastwood. He says, make, make my, my day. day. Yes. We got the, we got the awesome Jason Hill in the house. Yes, Jason. Hey, Jason. Yeah. He goes, you two rock. Of course we do. You rock too, brother. <laughs> um, and we got uh, Michael Lopez in house. He says, really great point. Slowing down the moment. Most, most definitely. I think, you know, for me, being very intentional, like when I think about, you know, the advice that I've been given in my life, you know, as far as why I'm partially successful is the fact that Stephen Covey said in one of his books, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And when I started adopting that rule, both professionally and and personally, it's incredible how better my relationships started happening. My personal relationships, my friendships, my partnerships with vendors, um, even just dealing with the, the, the automotive repairman, you're like just really seeking first to understand and listening and paraphrasing back to that person and and letting them, like you said, make them feel like they've been understood and they've been listened to. My question for you is when I think about, you know, for me, why I had to become a really good communicator in my house, the communication sucked. It was yelling, it was screaming. It was you, nobody was listening. It was just all, all that stuff. Like you said, trying to get the point across. What was it for you? You know, you, you, you're a movie actress, you've been on Broadway, you know, now you're the communications expert. You've written a number one bestselling book for you. What was that in your life, your childhood or your adult life that, that caused you to say, Hey, listen, I got to really focus in on this communication aspect. What was, what was that story for you? As a little girl who grew up in a very close knit Italian American family, you could most often find us sitting around the kitchen table, eating, like I said before, eating, (laughs) laughing, arguing, but nonetheless communicating. And for us, I was very blessed to be, to be raised in this atmosphere where communication was open. And I was always asked by my parents as a little girl, if I was upset, Renee, what's the matter? Right. And I never realized how important those words were until I got older and I started seeing the world. And when I went away to college and realized, oh, not every family's like my family, (laughs) right? Not everybody wants to talk things out because I'd be like, let's talk about it. And my roommate would be like, "Mm," right? And I had to understand that my way wasn't always the right way. So I had to also take my own advice and sit back and say, okay, so let me understand the way they're communicating. Oh, maybe they come from a family where I I had a client who described her family so beautifully. I talk about it in the book. She said, I grew up in a family that was communication phobic. And I was like, bam, that that (laughs) phrase, right? It, It describes so many people's situation, right? Communication phobic, this quality of just only talking about surface things. You don't ever go below the surface. You don't talk about feelings or, or, or deep experiences that you've had. And because of that in her life, she carried that through as an adult and it was causing so many problems for her in her marriage at work. So I started to see as I got older and and went through my life for so many years as a professional actress, I toured all over the country and beyond on different Broadway tours. And I got to see the world and my eyes were so opened and I was like, wow. We are all so different from different backgrounds, different cultures, different geographic places. And because of that, we communicate differently. And it's so important to understand the way we communicate. And and in the book, I call it identifying your communication home 
Because when you understand the most natural way of communicating for you, then you can develop those other styles. Like I said, for me, I had to start to develop that ability to step back and not always mm. think like, this has to be a full on conversation. When someone's upset, maybe they need to walk away and just cool off. And yeah. for me, I had to understand that. And as I went through my life as a performer and being in the dressing room with my girlfriends and talking about who was dating who, I kept seeing this theme of communication being the, the driving force to that person's success in a relationship or the demise. And in 2019, I was doing Pretty Woman the Musical on Broadway. And my girlfriend was talking about this new guy she started dating. And we're all chatting about it. And I asked her a question, Chris, that I assumed was like the simplest answer. It was going to mm -hmm. be a simple answer. And I just said, well, have you talked about it? <laughs> yep. Literally, right? Like thinking like- the same thing. Right? And I'm, I'm assuming something else we do wrong. Right. I'm assuming she's going to be like, oh, of course I did. And she was like, no, like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to rock the boat. Like, I don't, I don't want to bring it up. And it was like, boom, light bulb went off. And I was like, this is something so many of us need help with. I got to write a book. Mm -hmm. And then, and then that's kind of where it, where the jumping off point started. And then I have to just share this and then I'll stop. Then I was at a restaurant with a friend of mine. This is like a week later and we're catching up. And next to us sits this family of five parents, a teenage son and two young kids. And Chris, the entire meal, no one spoke to one another. Mm -hmm. All five of them had their head down in a digital device. And my heart broke because I looked over and thought to myself, here they are wasting these beautiful, precious moments of time. The one thing we can't get back by immersing themselves in the virtual world. And then that's when the second light bulb went off and said, this is the part of communication that the book needs to be about. How do we balance these worlds of new school technology with what I call old school simplicity? Ooh, I love that. Renee, this is actually amazing, amazing. Uh, Teresa says here, she says, I can so relate to the communication around the table with your family. Sunday dinner is exactly, yes. that was a, a weekly event. And Teresa's a fellow Italian. And we were I just was going to say, I saw, the, I saw the last name ended in a vowel. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got Ray in the house. He says, loving the content, no excuses, master communication. Woo! Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay. So I have two questions in my brain. I'm going to go with the first one right now. So thinking about writing the book, I'm finishing up my book right now. It's a memoir. So it's, 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 it's a little bit different, but thinking about the book and thinking about, you know, your passion for communication, what was the process writing the book for you? Number one. And number two, if you had a billboard, what is the number one tip that you would want the world to see right now? Ooh, out of that, that book. So title of the book, the process of writing the book, and what's your number one tip that you'd want the whole world to see? The process of writing a book. I'm sure you will identify with this and so many others who are watching and listening who have this dream of writing a book. For so many years, Chris, I wanted to write a book. I've written a lot of children's, I personalized children's books for my nieces and nephews. And I, like, I love doing that. I've always been a storyteller. I love, love, love writing. So writing a book had always been a dream of mine, but like many of you, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it someday. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. going to write a book. And I now understand that what I was doing is believing that just talking about it was keeping me safe. I didn't have to, I didn't have to actually do it. Yep. Right. <laughs> Until I got to the point, speaking of no excuses, coach, I was so sick of hearing myself make excuses. I was like, oh my God, Renee, really? So in 2017, Without knowing the actual process of making it into a book, I finally said to myself, it was the night before Thanksgiving, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving was playing on the TV and I was sitting on my couch, dead serious. And I was like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm writing the first sentence. And that's know. it. And I call it, you know, I call it taking imperfect action. And I, I talk about this a lot because most of my life I lived as a perfectionist. And we hold ourselves back all the time, boy. I know you know it, Chris, and I know your clients know it. Oh, yeah, I'll do it when, when yep. I lose the weight, when I feel better. I'll get on video when I like the way my hair looks, when I feel better about how I sound. Excuse, excuse, excuse. So I've adopted this process of taking imperfect action. And that means before the conditions are perfect, before I know the next 10 steps, at least I know the first step, that's all I need to know, I'll take the action. 
And that's what I did, Chris. And I kept writing and writing and writing. And I started to get ahead of myself like we do. And I was like, well, I don't even know, like, what's the editing process? What about finding a, a book publisher? And I just kept putting the goggles on and saying, no, write, just yes. write the book, girl, write it. And Chris, I'll be honest with you. I wrote this book at the hardest time of my life. Yeah, you were going I, through some shit. <laughs> I, lost, I mean, I lost my father. Uh, three days later, I had a miscarriage. That set my body off into a frenzy. Oh, and then there's a pandemic. Oh, and I started a brand new business all at the same time. So mm. if you think you can't do it, trust me, you can do it. And I think about that now and I'm like, how the hell did I do, how did I do that? Right? Like. Mm -hmm. How do I do that between grief and 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 worrying about my health and crying and feeling all of these things? I did it. And it's because I kept taking imperfect action. So that's the book process. Love it. Um, so with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it. listen, of all the amazing, incredible things that I've been blessed to do in my life thus far, writing a book is is one that I'm most proud of. It's just because it's, it's not one of those things where you're like, oh, cool. I just got to set a couple hours aside and like, it's done. You're like, no, <laughs> this is nonstop. <laughs> Birthing a baby out of your butt. Yes. <laughs> a, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, and as far as the, what I would want flashing, flashing on a billboard right now is If we could only do one thing for ourselves and our lives to elevate ourselves and get to the next level, it would be to get in communication with ourselves, yeah. understand what we want, understand what holds us back, feel our feelings, write about it and move past it. Because when we have that communication with ourselves, that sets the framework, the groundwork for the rest of our external communications. Mm. So what are some, what are some beginning steps for that? Because I know I was just talking about it today and just to, just to go back for a second, I, I think it was just, I've been talking all day, but it was just Teresa's show. I think I was talking about taking imperfect action. She's like, what can you do? I'm like, take imperfect action because as you do it, you're going to grow through it. Your confidence is going to grow. Your courage is going to grow. You're going to figure it out. That's what it was. When I was thinking about, she asked me how I became the no excuses coach. And I said, you know, my coach sat down with me and said, what differentiates you from other coaches? And you know, what is it that, what is the reason why you're here? And I said, because I never gave myself any excuses. And because I was literally unstoppable, it was like, I just took a step and I figured it out. And I took a step and I figured it out. And I took a step and I figured it out. Out and I kept going. So I'm with you on that totally. Um, and, and, and as far as the aspect of, of, you know, having those conversations with ourselves, I look at it this way, you know, what's the question I can ask myself when I'm, when I'm honest and really answer that question that's going to move me forward. Like I, she said, give me an example. And I said, ask yourself, when did it become a, when did it, be, when did it become acceptable to be mediocre? And she's like, Ooh, I like that because it's never been acceptable. Okay. So now you have the answer. You've been honest with yourself and now you start taking progressive action. Even the imperfect actions, you don't play the someday game, hoping, wishing, and praying that, that this is going to happen or that's going to happen. You just dive into it. But from your perspective and what you write in the book, what are some examples of what we can do to, to have that conversation with ourselves? And really like, like you said before, listen to that whisper. Chris, I am all about simple and easy to implement tools. Like, because of my personality. I'm, I'm like you, I'm an implementer. So I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. Let's yep. do it. I don't want to wait six months to be able to implement something. I want to do it now. So that's what this book really is. I mean, it is a guidebook full of so many simple tools and practices. And one of those practices is to wake up in the morning. And the first thing you do, well, after you pee and do your business, come <laughs> back to your space, right? Leave the phone aside. Most of us wake up. What do we do? We turn over. We're like, oh, oh, my alarm went off. And then we start scrolling. Yeah. And what that does is, is it is it takes us right outside of ourselves. It's like, oh, good morning. Let me run away from myself. Mm -hmm. Let me see what Chris is doing. Oh, my God. Chris just did that amazing thing. Why can't I do that? See, I suck. He doesn't. Boom. Comparison mode. And Ian LaVanzant stated it so beautifully. I have the quote in my book. Comparison is an act of violence against the self. Ooh, I love that. Right? Mm -hmm. Mic drop. Like, yep. it's so true. And that's what many of us do because we are 
addicted. We are conditioned to go right to the, to the phones. So come back to your space, stay quiet. If you're a parent, you you know, you have your children. I understand it's so hard. They're calling for you, but five minutes. And if you don't have five minutes to yourself, then you're not living a life, yeah. right? You're, you're living it for everyone else. So take five minutes, set your alarm. If you need, ask yourself this one question, how am I feeling? Take the five minutes, pull out a piece of paper. Hopefully you have a journal and a pen and write it. Don't put it in the notes app of your phone. Physically put pen to paper because research shows time and time again that that is what allows you to fully absorb what you're reading or what you are just putting on that paper. So what does this do? It's almost like stream of consciousness because we have so many thoughts, feelings, experiences stored in our subconscious minds that we aren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. And when we ask ourselves this question, it activates the mind in such a way that now the subconscious is working and we're pulling those thoughts from our subconscious into our conscious mind through the hand and onto the page. And it's like, ah, this (laughs) like dump, this like brain dump. And then you get to look back. This is the best part. Don't think about it. Just whatever comes up. It could even be like, I don't know why the hell Renee told me to do this. This is so stupid. Trust me, eventually other things will start coming out. And then you look back at it and it's like a spiritual mirror. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, oh, shoot. I thought I thought I was not upset with Chris anymore, but apparently I am. Right. And this gets you in connection with yourself first before connecting with anyone else. And it starts your day off in a grounded place. Love it. Love it. Love it, Renee. That is, that is beautiful. I truly believe in that. That's one of the things I talk to my clients about as well Is once you take, I have, I have always pen and paper everywhere near me because once you do that, especially like when you're writing goals and stuff like that, when you, when you write it out, it's like, you're making a declaration. You're making a declaration to say, okay, this is important to me, not using the digital aspect. The way I start my morning off is I, before my eyes even open, I say what I'm grateful for. And some of that stuff is always the same. And then I always find new things to be grateful for. I'm thankful for the person that made my bed. I'm thankful I have enough money to have this bed, I'm blah, blah, blah. And then the second thing I do is I set the intention for the day. So most of the time we get up, we hit the alarm clock. Oh, fuck. Today's going to be a shitty day. I got to go to work. It's probably a lot of traffic. So we already set ourselves up for the story. And then our reticular activation system in our brain goes, oh, let me go find validation. Let me go find truth in that. And that's how we screw our day up. So I love the fact that what you're saying is being intentional like really being intentional with yourself, giving yourself that love and that respect. If the kids are loud and everything, you know, teach them how to be able to fend for themselves, have your spouse go take care of it. But to your point, you know, be in that moment and really own those first parts of the day, because that's the way you own the day. And that's something I've learned from myself because I always was trying to own the week and own the year and everything else. But I read Aubrey Marcus's book, how to own the day or how to win, win the day. And it was just like, you know, the simple little things that you do can have massive, massive results. So I love that. One of the things I definitely wanted to ask you about for me and my communication journey and my relationship journey, um, it started back at, when I was in a corporate job and me and a couple of other people had this, you know, relationship conflict, this, this, this triage of, 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 of conflict and everything else. And so my boss sent us to what we called marriage counseling. We joked around about it. We're all going to this communication seminar. And during the break, we all met up for lunch and we both, we all came back. We're like, did you hear what they said about this? And what the thing was, was the different learning styles. So we found out there's visual learners, there's kinesthetic learners, and there's auditory learners. And we found out that Sharon was a visual person. I was an auditory person and David was a kinesthetic person. No wonder we were having these challenges in our relationship because I would sit there and say to Sharon, Hey, Sharon, you know, how does product 60300 look? Do we have enough in stock at at location V12? She's like, ah, and she would get all pissed off. And I'm like, what are you getting all mad about? And she's a visual person judging by the, the, the status of her desk. She had a bunch of stuff off there. So you can actually see that. So once I started realizing and looking at how people are actually learning and how they're receiving information, my relationships improved dramatically. Can you, can you speak to that and, 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 uh, and elaborate more on what I'm talking about? Yes. I love that. And it's so important because we are all so unique, right? Listen, yeah. we're all human beings. So we are all so interconnected. We experience the same emotions, maybe not with the same circumstances, but nonetheless, we're all still human beings. So understanding your way of learning. And it's funny you bring this up because I'm learning this about myself. I'm learning about the way that I feel the most alive in what I'm doing in my work, right? Let me give you an example. 
Yes. We are in this coaching space. And I mean, we can get inundated with the, with all of these courses and the way to do things and, and the way it has to be done to be successful. And in the beginning of, of me starting my business, I'm like a, a great student, right? So I'm like, okay, well, Chris said this, so I'm going to do A, B, C, and D, and I do it and I follow along perfectly. But I started to realize, well, Renee, after learning about, have you uh, learned about the uh, human design? Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that, that has changed my life. Yes. But it reminds me of like, whether you're a kinesthetic learner or you're auditory, it's, it's similar in that way because what I learned about myself is I am open everywhere, right? So I'm very much an empath. I absorb people's energies very easily. I'm very, very emotionally intelligent. So like when you tell me a story, I'm feeling it with you as you're talking about it. So because of that, there are some things now in certain um, coaching programs that are said to be like the magic ingredient that I'm like, no, that actually doesn't work for me because I'm someone, if I'm just not excited about what I'm doing, I'm not going to be successful. Right. right. So that means that maybe I don't over organize my days and plan every 20 minutes perfectly because that doesn't work for me. So when I tried to do that, I was feeling resistance until, because I, I didn't realize, oh, Renee, that doesn't work for you. Uh -huh. so what's so powerful about what you just described about understanding what kind of learner you are, when you know that, then you're able to receive the other person's style much better. So then when your coworker gets a little frustrated, you have the wherewithal to be like, oh, okay, this isn't personal. This is just for her. This is not comfortable because it's not the way she learns. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. And the other aspect of that, um, oops, uh, let's see. I want to get Teresa. I think Teresa, I can't remember if I got this one. Uh, figure it out as you go along. No mediocrity. I love this conversation. Thank you, T. I appreciate you. you. Um, one of the other aspects that I've learned in my, in my, com my uh, communication journey and my relationship journey is and something that I definitely wanted to pick your brain on this. Um, I was just doing a live with it earlier with Nicole talking about, you know, I'm not a news person. I'm not a political person. Um, you know, the divisiveness that's going on in the world, the Republicans yeah. and Democrats, vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, all the different things that are going on. The thing that breaks my heart is I'm seeing in the news headlines that I do see sometimes is the fact that they're, you know, insinuating that there's a potential for a civil war. And I think about, you know, the divisiveness and the name calling and the stuff that we've seen in the news media, you know, last couple of years and, and people losing family members because of their position on vaccinations or whatever else. Talk to us about the conflict resolution aspect of, of what you teach, because there's, there's so many different aspects of it and layers of it. What are some highly recommended tips that you have for, for first approaching somebody that you might have a disagreement with, but also kind of navigating those waters and, and, and being able to diffuse some of that tension? All right, my friends, this is a, this is a boulder here. So take out your, your, your pen and bold this and highlight it. Let's go. Communication does not mean confrontation. I'm going to repeat that. Communication does not mean confrontation. And time and time again, when I ask a client or a friend or a family member, why they haven't spoken up about something that's upsetting them or something that feels uncomfortable or, or, or expressing their love to someone they ought, well, not love because then that wouldn't be confrontational, but something that is, is causing them some frustration. The answer that I always get is I'm just not a confrontational person. <laughs> and we need to understand that they are not one in the same. And by believing they are, we are withholding ourselves from some incredible conversations and incredible connections and incredible resolutions. Amen. What we are seeing right now is so bonkers because everyone that we're watching in the media, everyone's just talking at each other and over each other. And no one is talking with each other mm -hmm. because each party, whether that be religion, political party, vax or no vax, everyone's attached to their label. Yes. So they're only listening to hear, oh, did Chris just disagree with me? Boom. He's cut off. Yep. And there's no, there's just no conversation. It's like the craziest thing to watch, which I don't watch often. We canceled our cable two years ago. I just nice. watch what I need to. But when I do, Chris, I'm like, this is insane. Frightening. Like, 
it's so frightening because we can't have a conversation. We can't have a conversation because the minute one person disagrees with someone else, they're cut off and then we're back to square one, right? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like we're just a bunch of elementary school kids or, or high school kids fighting over, you know, the girl we like and, and the, nothing is getting resolved. So the first step is to understand, have that self-awareness to say, okay, I realize that I have my certain opinions about said subject, but I am choosing to open myself up to hear what that person has to say. And for me, it is the best thing in the world. Because let me tell you something, I have no ego. So when we have a conversation and you're like, no, Renee, oh, Chris, perfect example. Chris emailed me today because in my email I sent to my list, I literally wrote the wrong month. Instead of August, <laughs> I wrote February. And I was like, oh, crap, right? I have, I'm like, show me. Yes, point it out for me so I can be better. No ego here. And when I started to go into conversations in this way of being like, okay, even though I love to eat because I'm Italian, another, this person isn't all about food, Renee, that's okay. Step back and allow them to be heard. Made everything so much lighter, made it such an effective conversation where I was like, oh my gosh, I could actually learn something from you. And hopefully you've learned a little something from me. Because at the end of the day, again, it's like we all, I believe, I like to believe that we all have good intentions for the most part, right? Amen. We all have good intentions. So let's chill the blank out. Oh, you can say it. You know, chill the F out, people. And you let's <laughs> start to listen. Yes. I'm going to be PG right now. But let's start to listen because this is, this is the number one problem above anything. People think it's about vaccine. They think it's about, you know, whether you believe in this, it's not about that. It's the fact that nobody is listening to one another. Yes. And then you, you put on top of it. That's such a great point, Renee. Then you put on top of it, cancel culture. And then oh. you put on top of it, you got the, the new millennials, the Gen Z's, you know, snowflakes, you know, hurt my feelings and everything else. So everybody's just sitting here and what they're doing is they're going into the group thing. They're like, Hey, I'm going to go move to Florida where everybody agrees with me. I'm going to go hang out with these people where we can all pontificate together and point fingers at everybody else instead of taking responsibility for having those conversations, for having those, those challenging conversations to say, hey, listen, you know what, Renee, I understand that you have a different opinion of me. Tell me where that came from. Tell me that. Did, did you grow up with that? You know, da, da, da. Cause I've learned in, in order to understand other people is like, let me get going back to what Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand. And so I've been able to have so many conversations. I've got friends on the left. I got friends on the right. I got friends in between. I got, and I'm always trying to be the bridge. I'm always like, okay, listen, you know, if you sat there and watched Fox news for the next three weeks, you'd probably be going, wow, the guys on CNN don't have their shit together or MSNBC. Or if you watch, you know, wherever you watch, whatever it is that you put into your brain, that's going to be part of your mindset thinking. So to your point, being able to say, hey, listen, you know what? I disagree with you, but let's have a conversation with that. How can we meet in the middle is brilliant. And you take all those different aspects that we're talking about, you know, the different learning types, learning styles, the different cultures. Did you grow up in a culture where it was okay to have voice your opinion? Are you a female that grew up back in the in the 50s and 60s where you almost didn't even have the, the vote, voting rights? I mean, all these different things, and the, the ramifications, if we seek to understand and say, hey, listen, you know, if I walked in Renee's shoes, if I grew up in her culture in an Italian family, might I be like her? Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So good. Like you said, we're more the same than we are different. Let's see where we can meet in the middle because ultimately I believe that we all want the same thing. It's just the manner in which we go about it because then our ego comes into play and like, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, if it isn't my idea and everything else, then I'm going to take offense to that. And I'm not going to agree with you because that makes me less than, and that's just all a perception. A thousand percent. And then we fall into, because we, we have such, such easy ways out of this honest and effective communication, we have what I call keyboard confidence. And oh, yeah. keyboard, keyboard, confidence, keyboard confidence is that confidence that's only present, that's raw and unfiltered confidence present when you're behind the screen and typing on that keyboard. But in order to be a master communicator, you must have that same confidence you have writing those posts and going about those rants that you would if you were face to face with that person. And a great way to delineate is to ask yourself this one question before you post, before you text someone, before you send out that email, would I feel comfortable saying this to this person if I were face to face? If the answer is no, 
take out that journal, have a cathartic writing session and put it aside and only write or email or text what you would be comfortable saying. And the reason I talk about this is because in this digital landscape that we're living in, technology is such a gift, but it's such a it's such a source of danger because we can hide all we want. I can type whatever I want. Oh, Chris, yeah, blah, 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 blah. and then I share my opinion because we have this this right of free speech. But are we really being authentic within mm. ourselves? Because if we wouldn't feel comfortable or confident saying that in person, we should then keep that to ourselves. Because then that's being Renee, who you see behind the computer, uh, and then someone totally different if you met me in person. And the goal, I believe, if we want to live the lives that we have on our vision board, if we want to have those relationships and the success, we must merge that to be one person. I'm Renee Chris. If you met me at my house right now, off camera, it would be the same thing, except I'd give you a big hug and I'd probably say, let's eat something. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's the same person yeah. because every day that I show up, I show up on video a lot, right? I teach a course called Connecting on Camera. I'm the same damn person on camera that I am off. And that's contributing to our problem in society right now is because we have the safety of screens. We think that we can say and do whatever, whatever rolls off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, to your point. I mean, I love this conversation. I, like I told you, but I'm, I love communication. We're winding down here for a second, but, um, what you're saying is massive. The thing that I think about is probably our last topic is, I mean, the time's already flying by, um, is body language. Like I knew, like I, I talk about resting bitch face. Like I learned about this before, like when I, before I was on camera and doing, you know, the, the shows and everything, I started watching myself. That's why I keep a monitor up right now is because I noticed that like when I'm really like serious, I noticed that my face looks like I'm pissed off. Like I'm like not paying attention. Like I could care less. I've had people every once in a while say that. So I'm like very intentional about my body language. And when we're keyboard worrying, we don't get that intonation. We don't get that. And I'm not remember what the, the, the statistic is now. I always have a hard time saying that word, but I know, I think it was like 85% of all of our communications through our body language. So what types of tips do you have for people to really consider that when they're when they're typing out emails and they're having these keyboard warrior things? And I love your point to the fact because I'm the same way. I'm just Chris. Like people meet me in person like you're exactly the guy you're on your podcast. I'm like, I, it's taken me a while to be that. But yeah, definitely authenticity. But talk to us about that body language uh, aspect of, of the communication process. Body language. So key. I talk about this a lot. I in, in the, the course I teach, it's like a live two day workshop. We go into networking right? Because networking so important in, in any business, networking, creating those connections. And so often I see individuals at a networking event or at a party and I don't even know what they're saying, but I'm like, Ooh, they do not want to be here. Right. Yep. They do not want to be here. What are you doing there, buddy? Right. Because everything is within themselves. Shoulders are hunched over. Oftentimes, They'll be facing away from the person instead of having an open chest, shoulders back, connecting eye contact, right? Yes. Not going like this. Ready? What, what we often see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That automatically creates a disconnect, whether you are conscious of that or not. When you are speaking and that person on the other end checks out for one second, they lose that eye contact. You feel your inner self that whisper yeah. feels that disconnection. So if we want to express our interest, we want to show that we are willing to receive the information that you're sharing with us in your conversation, in your communication. Again, go back to the practice I shared with you before, grounding yourself, whether you're sitting or you're standing. I love this visualization, but like picturing yourself like a tree rooted in the earth, like a big tree, you know, that strong trunk. And you just have your feet as roots into the earth. And what that does is that gives you that stability to then stack every other body part on top of that. So you feel present. Yeah. I see so many people with, with body language that's simply not present. And don't forget, smile. Like a good old smile, like doing, you know, even like letting the person know that you're listening, not doing this unless it's natural, but I naturally do it. I'm a head nodder. I'm like, yep. right. Somewhere. Sometimes too much. I'm like all over the place. But I think because I know 
that I want that person to understand that I'm with them and I'm receiving what they're sharing with me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Renee, we've been going for 54 minutes. I want to invite you back on the show. I want to have you on the unfiltered experience because this, this probably out of all the topics I've had on my shows is so paramount because once you start having better conversations with yourself, we didn't even go get into negative self-talk. We didn't even get into all that other stuff. So we're definitely going to have you back, but where can people get a hold of you? What's the name of the book and uh, where can people get a hold of you? I'm going to flash that stuff up on the screen as well. She's got it right there. Ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Becoming a master communicator. Balancing new school technology with old school simplicity. Um, You can get this book if you go to um, becomingamastercommunicator.com. You can grab the book right there and find me. Connect with me, whether on my website, ReneeMarino.com, or I love Instagram. I love to connect with with listeners and and new friends. So send me a DM if you have a question or you just want to share what your biggest takeaway was today. I would love that. Yes. So we got it up there on the screen, becomingamastercommunicator.com. We got that. And then also we have uh, your IG. I am Renee Marino. um, And we have, of course, ReneeMarino.com. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to ask you to sing with me, but maybe next time we'll do that. But thank you for being here on the Ron and scripted show. I'm going to put you backstage for just a second. I'm going to end out the show, but don't go anywhere. I know it's late over there, but I just want to chit chat with you just for a second. Thank thank you. you. You're a rock star. There we have it. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Ron and scripted show here. Our guest tonight was Renee Marino and what a fabulous way. If you guys missed the first part of the, the show tonight, go back and check it out. Renee tells an awesome story about, her days as a, as a movie star actress, how she was discovered on Broadway and how she spoke up for herself, how she heard the whisper and said, Hey, you know what? Listen, I'm going to speak up for myself. And if there's anything you get out of this conversation tonight, which there were definitely valuable nuggets. So I would love for you guys to type in the comments, whether you're watching live or on the replay, type in the comments, what your takeaways were, because that's important to me. That's important to my guests. We always go back and we comment on the comments in the show. So we'll definitely take care of that, but let us know what it is that you learned and let us know maybe what we missed in this conversation so that we can have her back on the show and bring more value to you guys because that's what the show is all about. It's about bringing value to you guys. It's about you taking action and coming back and reporting back to me and saying, Hey, Chris, you're my coach. I've got we're on and scripted. So here's what I applied in my life. And here's what I learned from it. Or here's a situation that I got going on. Reach out to Renee. She's an expert. I know a little bit about it, but she's an expert on this. So reach out to her. She talks about, she's got her two day class. She's I'm sure she's got all sorts of other things that you can go check out. So don't forget to go check out the best spot. I think is always the website. You can go there and dovetail off of that and check it out. But um, you know, that's what this is about. It's not about getting here and getting all, woohoo, you know, I'm all inspired and everything else. It's about taking action. And we said, we talked about it. She said it so eloquently imperfect action, but you got to speak up. You got to speak up to yourself. You got to start asking yourself better questions and being honest with yourself and saying, Hey, listen, you know, am I currently, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me happiness? You know, when you think about the conversations, you know, you're afraid to have this conversation with your coworker, but guess what? Inevitably, when I talk to people and they say, oh, you know, I'm miserable about this. I'm miserable about this. I don't like this person. And like Renee said, have you talked to them? Well, no, you know, I'm afraid they're going to do this. And I'm going to, okay, there's a lot of different things you can do. You can visualize the conversation over and over in your head and seeing how it's going both ways. You can see yourself. We didn't even get into responding versus reacting and sitting there saying, one of my communication tips is always like, if you're going to go have a serious conversation with somebody, ask them, if you look at their body language and you see they're kind of tense and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. And they go, what is it? What do you need? Say, hey, you know what? Actually, I, I, do you have time tomorrow? I want to I come talk to you when you're not, I see you're overwhelmed and stuff like that. Be attentive, be perceptual, have that emotional intelligence. We didn't even get into that very much um, and be observant and then have these conversations with them, you know, because open mouths get fed. And as you start having those conversations, number one, say, hey, listen, I'm feeling like this. I get a perception about this, but I would love to understand where it is that you're coming from. I would love to understand if this is something I'm taking personal and then have those conversations, take them out to lunch, you know, buy them a drink, whatever it is. I've had some pretty great conversations with people at my job over a beer and they loosen up a little bit and they start telling and you find out they got more issues about their family than they have issues with you and that you were taking it personal and it was something that you were blowing up in your mind. So take proactive responses, take ownership for your life and your relationships. And I promise you, I promise you, you'll have a kick-ass unstoppable life. I'm Christopher Asher, no excuses coach. Let me check and see if we got any other uh, comments in there. We got Ray or we got uh, Robert in the house. Um, yes, we got that. And, uh, Ray is, uh, Ray is always awesome and, and posting up the, uh, the comments in there as well. Teresa says here, great show. Thank you T for tuning in. I appreciate you, sweetheart. Um, we've been talking all day. So thank you for that. She says communication doesn't mean confrontation. Huge takeaway. 
Yes, yes, it does not mean that. It actually can mean resolution and peace and harmony and connectedness and, and finding out that we're more the same than we are different. Uh, Ray says here, I totally agree. We got Michael in the house. Hey, Michael, I think you're a first time listener or viewer. Appreciate you. Definitely um, come back and check us out more. Um, of course, we're on the podcast. So go Google uh, Ron and Scripted. I'll put it in the in the comments here after the show's over. Uh, but definitely Mike says a uh, huge takeaway. So yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. And we'll be back here next week, every single Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Ron and Scripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush. We appreciate you. Appreciate you. And as always, definitely, definitely do me a solid. Go check out ChristopherRosh.com. Got my group coaching program starting September 19th. I only do it every probably every three or four years. It's by popular demand. I'm looking for 10 uh, solid individuals who are ready to commit to themselves to have a kick-ass unstoppable life. It is six months. And I guarantee you after the six months, you will be mind blown and you will have a lot more confidence, a lot more results and your perspectives will be shifted. So go check that out. I appreciate you guys. I love you. We'll see you here next week on the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush. Go out there and be brilliant. Peace.